You're listening to the Eastside Church Podcast, and we appreciate you joining us. Let's listen in to a message from Pastor Brandon Sharp. Well, I wish I was, I wish I was talking to you about the love of God or strength and, strength and struggle this morning, and I guess, I guess all those things uh, touch the message. We're going to talk about suffering. Uh, Reagan, <laughs> Reagan asked me what I was when I was preaching this morning, and I said, we're going to talk about suffering. And she said, oh, that's nice. <laughs> so I don't know if it's one of those, I don't know if it's one of those do, do cartwheels um, messages, but, but I think it can certainly touch what the Lord's saying. I think it is what the Lord's saying, and I think we can find, I think we can find strength um, where we are in that place. So, so Lord, tie it, tie it all together. Father, give us wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of, of who you are. Father, give us spiritual insight and wisdom and understanding. Help us rightly divide your word. Amen? Good. Good. You guys good? You look good. The lights are up. Um, so this is, this is, I don't know, y'all, this might be kind of a part two from what Michael shared last week. If you if you remember, he was talking about a right posture in seasons of restriction, keeping our hearts in the right place, focusing on the right things, focusing on the Lord's generational um, perspective and, and raising up and pouring in and making the sacrifices, serving um, those places. And so I think, I think as the Lord ministers to us this morning on just our... Um, on our posture towards suffering a little bit, maybe on our theology of suffering, um, it, can, it can certainly affect the posture in the season that we're, that we're in. So that's, that's where we're gonna be. You guys can turn over to Matthew. It's the first place we're gonna be. Um, I'm gonna jump around a little bit this morning. We'll see how she goes. Uh, Matthew, 1 Peter 4 um, will be there. And then Acts 3 and 4 uh, will be there for, for those of you for those of you literal, literal page turners. So before we get over to, to 1 Peter, um, let's, start, let's start in Matthew. Um, and, and I think, I think, gang, uh, a large part of what the Lord, you know, wants to do this morning and his reason and, and, and kind of directing me here in the word is there's such a tendency for, for culture and, 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 and the West and, and the things that we, we push and stand for and believe in as Americans to seep into our gospel, right? Seep into our relationship with God. I feel that way. Does, is anybody with me? You guys with me? That sometimes our understanding of the gospel can become Western and, and, and American, and it, I say this all the time because it sounds like I'm anti, anti-America when I say those kinds of things. I love this country. I fought for this country. I thank God for the ability to live here in this country and, and be blessed with the blessings that, that we are. So look at Matthew 16, verse 21. <clears throat> this is Jesus and Peter's uh, little exchange that we talk about all the time. It's funny that we would go here after the Lord just ministered his love to us so well where he looks at Peter and calls him Satan, right? Doesn't seem like the most friendly, friendly thing. Um, but, it, but it really, you know, it really is. 
1621, we're just going to read a couple of verses here. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things. Say that with me. Suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. So that's the news. This is what's about to happen, guys. Suffering, scribes, chief priest, killed, raised again the third day. That message, right, comes. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Right? Right, Paul? It's not that he just struggled with the message that Jesus was bringing. He, he, he struggled, and then he, he, got, he got his firm footing that he was right, and then he got Jesus in front of him, and then he, he rebuked Jesus. You know, that's a, that's a strong word, y'all, when somebody rebukes you. Anybody ever been rebuked? Yeah, me? It's, it's corrective in nature. It's, it's hey, you're wrong. Let me, let me get you in the right place. Yeah? <clears throat> Saying, this was his rebuke. Far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. Pretty strong. Yeah? It wasn't, it wasn't like, like seeking to understand. You know, oh, Lord, this is really hard for me to process. Can you, can you help me? It's, it's not like the parables that they didn't understand. Lord, now that we're away from the crowd, can you tell us what you're talking about because we're lost? It wasn't that. Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. It was, it was opposition. Can you guys see that? It was, it was an opposed force. And I think that's why Jesus, in turn, uh, responded strongly. He turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You're an offense to me. You guys hear those two things? Get behind me, Satan. You're an offense to me. You are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Those, those three things are, are loud to me, y'all. In the, in the season that we're in, in the things that we're walking through with all of the tensions on so many different fronts, with, 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 with the church, with us sometimes, with me sometimes, responding in a way that does not look like the Lord. And over what? Over suffering, right? We're gonna look at the definition here in just a minute, but, but think about it, over what? right? Over, over bad that's happening, over adversity that's happening, difficulty that's happening, rights that are being threatened, that's, that's happening, right? My, my interpreted rights being, being over, overstepped, right? Being abused. All, all, those, all those things are there. And, and that's what Peter couldn't stomach, did you guys hear that? There was a, I, and I know we've been here, y'all, and honestly, I, I sought the Lord this week, like, Lord, I'd really like to go in a different direction if you don't mind, right? I'd really like to preach something a little different than, than, than grace for our season, but honestly, we must just need it that much, right? We must just be struggling that much that the Lord just needs to encourage us to hear over and over again, and that's okay. I know I need it. It's a difficult, difficult season, but the first thing I want us to see is this is, what, this is what Peter didn't have room for. Do you guys hear that when I say it? There's not, there wasn't room in his, in his mind. There wasn't room in his heart. There wasn't room in the way that he was approaching God and his plan for suffering. And Jesus said, 
that's demonic, that is offensive, and that is focused on the things of men, not the things of God. Man, I feel like we could just stop there <laughs> and, and take that in and just let it settle and chew on that. Write that down, y'all. Spend, spend time here. Spend time with the Lord here because, because there is a church at large, and I think in many of us, I can see it in my own heart, where I have the position of Peter. Right? There's just not room for suffering in, in, in my approach. Right? There's going to be ditches everywhere in this message. We're going to need the Lord to help guide us through this, right? There's healthy tensions everywhere in the scriptures. And so some of you may just hear me say, lay down this morning. It's, it's, it's more than that, right? That's certainly a part of it. Because oftentimes I feel like we get the buck and we get the resist piece figured out better than we do the, than we do the laying down piece, right? So I want to I just walk through some of these things honestly and, and talk it through and just let the, Lord, let the Lord healthily challenge us wherever we need wherever we need the challenge, right? I'll never forget a conversation. This is not in the notes, this is free. I'll never forget a conversation I had with Robert Britt one day and I was like, man, you know, it's, it's, it's what we see in the gospel seems like such a, uh, such a paradox at times. You know, the, the one who thinks that they know something, tell them they, they know nothing. And the, the, the one who's uh, self-degrading and, and beating themselves up, like build them up in their value. And I said, how do, you, how do you figure out how to share the gospel? And he says, all depends on who walks in the room. All depends on who walks through the door. If they walk through in this posture, you minister this to them. If they walk through in this posture, then you speak value and, and worth and you restore and you, you do all these things, right? So, so everyone's not gonna hear the same thing. It depends on where your posture is. Does that make sense? Okay, all right, good deal. <clears throat> let's, go over to, let's go over to 1 Peter 4. So hold on to what we, what we saw there in Matthew because it's important throughout the whole the whole message in, in this respect. Lord, the beginning, the starting place is that there's room in my mind for suffering. You guys with me? There's room in my, my approach. There's room in how I understand you for, for suffering. Make that room, God. You know what I'm trying to say. So what's going on in, in 1 Peter? We're gonna be in 1 Peter. I don't know, we'll be in four a little bit. We'll be in two a little bit. What's going on over at the, the midway point, two thirds of the way through four, he says, don't think it's strange that this fiery trial has come upon you. So they're suffering, bad, hard. Under the reign of Nero, right around AD 64 to 62, right in there. That's Peter's writing to, to the believers in the dispersion. So you have Pontius, you have Galatia, you have all these different places that Peter's writing to, and these guys are suffering incredibly. And so what Peter is giving them wisdom for is, 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 is definition to that suffering and then also posture in that suffering, all right? So that's what we're gonna see. <clears throat> The, let me just define it. You guys know I, I, I like to, to start with definitions. Um, this is Google's online dictionary, whoever they use, Webster, I think. Suffering is a state of undergoing pain, distress, or hardship. 
Are you there? In areas? In, in life? In, in, in relationships? You know, gosh, some of us may be there in marriage, in, in our own family, where you, you really feel like there's people against you, posturing themselves in such a way, causing you pain, hardship, or distress. You are suffering. You are suffering. But the thing I want to point out here is, is twofold. One, we're called to it. And two, there's suffering that has value with the Father and suffering that has no value. You guys with me? Suffering that we're called to it, but there's suffering that has value with the Father and there's suffering that has no value. Okay? So let's look at that. In 1 Peter 2, let's, let me just read 21 for now. 1 Peter 2, 21. For to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his footsteps. Listen, y'all. I know. We can read this, right? I'll get past it here in just a minute and I'll, I'll, I'll get more on my notes or maybe I won't. We can read this. It's so hard to believe. For to this you were called, because Christ suffered for us, that we would follow in his footsteps. Let me tell you how I like to approach suffering in the life of Jesus. He did it, so I don't have to. Come on. That's just honest. That's just honest preaching right there. Right? Kind of like the way we approach the cross, right? He took the cross, so we don't have to. He's the Lamb of God that took away the sin of the world, so we don't have to be. He endured the wrath of God, so we don't have to. It's, it's an instead, right? We get to embrace the alternative reality, the opposite reality. Suffering is not one of those. For to this you were called, because Christ suffered for us, that we would follow in his steps. There's a... There's a thing out there, y'all, floating, and it, it floats high and mighty in our country, in our nation, in our prosperity gospel that would say, he suffered, so you don't have to. False gospel, right? Is that fair? Are you guys with me, right? I don't do cartwheels any more than you do over it. It's just true. It's just true. And, and we have to see that and create this space. Go back to Peter. Create this space that, that it may look differently than, than what we like or we think, right? Um, so we'll go back there in just a minute. Go over to uh, 1 Peter 4.1. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Interesting statements, yes? Arm yourselves with the same mind. I saw something there I hadn't seen before, right? It, it doesn't really matter to me which kind of arm, arm or armor he's talking about. Armed, I think like, are you packing? Armed. Armed and dangerous, baby, right? And he says, if you'll, if you'll let this same mind, if you'll arm yourselves with this same mind, this mind to what? Read what came before it. It's all about Christ's suffering. If you'll have this mindset also, it'll be a weapon to you. 
Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be interesting? Is, is, is if, the, if the church right now and, and all of her banter and all of her finger pointing and, and all of the attacks and all of the, the conversations that could be equally hate-filled on both sides or JP within, within the racial tension and the conversation, the abuse there and, and the way the church so often responds to that, all these things, what if we're lacking what could be our greatest weapon? Which is to be armed with a mind to suffer. Are you guys with me? Again, there's ditches everywhere. Listen, y'all, I'm aware. I'm aware. I, I, I know boundaries. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not advocating staying in an abusive relationship, right? Or, or, or things like that. I'm just, I'm advocating this place of Lord. I'm willing to struggle here with you, right? I'm willing to let you gray lines that I think are real black and white real clean and tidy, real neat, because what I see in Jesus is abuse. Do you guys categorize it differently? He suffered. He did no wrong. Listen to this description. 222, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to who who judges righteously. I mean, I mean, what do you, have? like we just have to call it brass tacks, y'all. You just have to call a spade a spade. Someone who did no wrong, and yet wrong was done to him. Evil was spoken of him. Slander happened to him. Abuse happened to him. Beating happened to him. Judgment happened to him. Misunderstanding happened to him, right? Corrupt authority happened to him. And, and one of the things I was telling a friend the other day as I was processing this was, you know, we can say Jesus flipped the tables in the temple. Jesus looked at Peter and said that Satan, Jesus called the religious leaders whitewashed tombs and brood of vipers and these kinds of things. Jesus wasn't a pushover, and you're right. I'll agree with you. Jesus wasn't a pushover. But at the end of the day, he let all those people beat him, bloody him, and murder him. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and he opened not his mouth. Now, I want that to be as much of a part of my theology and how I approach the world to stand up for yourself. Don't take no crap from nobody. Mm. One's gospel. One's American. Right? And I, I just feel like the Lord... You know, I was you know, praying this morning. It's like, Lord, you know, what is this? I just think it's a heart check, right? I just think it's a heart check. You know your posture. I know my posture, right? We know those struggles. We know what we would call suffering. We even know what we would call persecution, you know, and others setting themselves against us or, you know, abuse that we see, you know, becoming of, you can't take a position anymore without persecution coming from some direction, Right? 
Whether it's, whether, it's, whether it's how you articulate where you are with, with, with the racial conversation, right? Whether it's your view of the protest, whether it's your view of the vaccine, whether it's your view of the coronavirus, whether it's your view of politics, it doesn't matter. Someone's gonna say, you believe that? You're a fool, right? And so there, it's, it's coming, it's coming against us. And the question is, there's several. The first is, is the room. Do you have room? Do I have room to be attacked, to be maligned, to be run over and abused in that place, to be made to look like a fool in that place? Or is it just gonna be like, you come at me, come at me, bro, I'll come right back at you. Thank you, Jesus, for having a different posture. Every one of our salvation hung in the balance. And he was clear. No one takes my life from me. I lay it down. Don't you know I could call on the Father and he would send 10 legions of angels? It's not about whether or not you have the power or you're strong enough or you're big enough to respond to take authority, to dominate a situation or a person. It's about how do we embrace Christ suffered for us, setting us an example. Let us follow in his steps. And and we're just, let me speak for me. I'm afraid, y'all. I'm afraid of this place. And you want to know why? Because I don't trust God. That's just honest. I really don't trust him. I really don't trust his judgment. I really don't trust his judgment. I really don't trust him to cover and make up the difference. And because I don't trust him, I have to try to do those things. I have to protect. I have to grab. I have to, I have to, I have to do these things because of a lack of faith. We're not responding in broken ways because we're, we're mean people. We're responding in broken ways because we don't have faith in God, right? So Lord, Lord, increase our faith because there's, there's suffering. So, so the call, are we all agreed? We're called, we're called. Scripture is very clear. So Lord, make room, right? Say that with me. Lord, make room, make room in me for a yes. Valuable suffering Suffering that has no value, right? Let's go back to 1 Peter 2.18. We're getting over to Acts. We'll get there in just a minute. You guys be patient. I'm gonna go through this quickly, so listen or you'll miss it. 18, 2.18, servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, but only, not only to the good and the gentle, but also to the harsh, right? Listen, you could apply this to, to employer-employee relationships. It was written in a context of, of, of slavery, and these things, God doesn't advocate slavery. He just had to deal with it, right? It was the culture. It was what was going on at the time. And so as he always does, he meets people where we are. He meets us where we are and tells us how to walk holy in that place, right? He tells masters, like, you better navigate with fear because you have a judge as well. He, he does that, there's, right, there's, there's life on it. There's, 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 it's, a, it's a balanced approach, but here he's talking to his people. And here he's talking to his people who are servants, maybe they're bond servants, 
right? So there's room for all that. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. I know I'm just giving you the word this morning, church, but, but, but Lord, let it hit our hearts hard because it needs us to, because there's a posture in us that says, I'll submit to this over here or this person, but this right here, that's not God. Is, is harsh God? We have to see what he's saying. Submit to something that looks nothing like me. Come on, y'all. Submit to something that looks contrary to my nature. Not only to the gentle, to the harsh, right? Not only to those who care for you, those who would abuse. Help us, Lord. <laughs> this is commendable. Means it has value. Means God looks on it with pleasure. This is commendable if because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. Can you guys see it? This is what he's getting into. When you're not at fault, there's value. Okay? When I'm not at fault, when I'm not suffering because of my own idiocy, there's value. 20, for what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? What credit, church? Come on, talk to me. None, Doug, exactly. None. If we're out there responding in a way that does not look consistent with the character and nature of Christ and more persecution and more animosity is being heaped on and we think we're suffering with any kingdom value, we are deceived. Received. You're not suffering for the gospel. You're suffering for your flesh. You're not suffering for the gospel, right? You're suffering for your faults. You have no credit there. There is no value there. So, so don't think just because we're going through the hard and, and the adversity and the pain and those things that there's necessarily value with the Father. Are you guys with me? That value is dependent on our posture and dependent on our response. And I think I would go even as far to say as, as, as whether we intentionally initiated it. I, I, I'm thinking through, and listen, I'm open to conversations. You guys come to me after and be like, oh, Brandon, you're so far off here. I can give you 50 examples. Show me places in the New Testament where the people of God initiated the fight. I think we'll struggle because the Lord tells us to seek peace, pursue peace with all men, to, to live peaceable and, and quiet lives. Can you guys see that? Can you see it? Are you still here? For what credit is it if when you're beaten for your faults, you take it patiently, but when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. You gotta do good. The adversity has to become because you're doing good, righteous suffering, and then, and then when it comes, as it comes, you have to take it patiently. What does patiently, what does patiently look like? Here's my point, church. If it's coming and you're kicking back and you're fighting and you're boxing the air and you're doing all these things and you're screaming and, and you're doing all these things, that's not that. 
it has to come. And think about even our current season, even if you can't put a name or a face behind it, it's just life, just things that are out there, just all the things going on where it's hard, right? If I am, I think it's why the Lord ministered peace and his love to us and all these things. Because if I am victim or I'm just griping and complaining, pissing and moaning, if I can even say that on camera and I probably can't, there's no value. I, I have stripped away the value in the pain, in the struggle, in the difficulty, to, to take it patiently. What comes our way, what that looks like is who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. People will call you a coward. People will call you a doormat. People will call you a person who has no conviction. called to suffering, called to valuable suffering. Turn over to four. I'm gonna read this quick, then we're gonna go over to Acts, and I'm gonna fly through it. Or I'm gonna be late for my own tea time. <laughs> that was funny. All right, Acts 4, 14. Alex is saying, yeah, you're right. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Do you guys hear that? What we just sing, what we just pray, we lift our eyes, we cry out, Lord, fill us with your spirit. Let the spirit of glory, let the spirit of God rest on us. We don't want reproach. Like, I'll take, I'll take A, Lord, you can keep B. No, 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 no. They're married. They're married. They come together. We want the spirit of glory. We want the spirit of God to rest on us. We have to learn how to be reproached well. We have to learn how to suffer well. You guys with me? Man, where did the air go in the room? Lord, bring it back. We need this. Do you need this? Is it just me? I know it's me when the Lord gives me things. Is it you too? Okay. Thank you. If you're reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. It's beautiful. You know what it makes me think of, Michael? A weakness is a portal to his power. Right? On, on, on their part, he's blasphemed. But on your part, he's glorified. You know what I'm gonna do? This is gonna be beautiful. We're not going to Acts. We're going to do Acts next week. Come back. Thank you, Lord. Part two. On your part, thank you, Lord. Gosh, I'm grateful for that. I know I'm just having an honest moment in front of you guys. On your part, he's glorified. On their part, he's blasphemed. This is, this is one of the foundational places that we, we've, got to, we've got to get vision for. It's got to settle in our heart that we actually believe that God can be blasphemed and glorified in the same action. Come on, y'all. 
You're blessed if they reproach you for the name of Christ. The spirit of glory and the spirit of God rest on you in that place. On your part, he's glorified. On their part, he's blasphemed. See, we have to get out of the one-dimensional thinking that just looks at it and says, that's happening right there, right? The, if, if, if I don't change that right there, if we, don't, if we don't change that, if we don't attack this person, if we don't stand, if we don't riot, if we don't protest, if I don't post a thousand messages on Facebook and change that reality right there, God cannot be glorified. False, false. I'm not mad, I'm, I'm passionate. I wanna help my family. I want to help people I care about. The church has to glorify the Father. And it looks like being reproached. And sometimes not opening our mouth at all. Lord, can you really receive glory in that place? You betcha, kiddo. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. That right there. Right? Which the Lord didn't show me, by the way, in my preparation, my study. He showed it to me. Here. Now. Like a snap. Like that. Right? Just like that. Because we need it. We need it, Tori. Okay? Lord, you can be blasphemed on their part and, and without me responding. Remember, I said, there's ditches, there's balance, there's balance, right? I'm not preaching a formula today. I'm encouraging our hearts to be, to be invited into, into, into a struggle, a struggle, a gray space, right? A place that we need to lean heavily upon the spirit of God to walk well, right? A place of questioning our response before we respond. A place of asking the Lord, Lord, do you want me to respond here? Sometimes Jesus did, sometimes he did not. The only formula is how did he do it? But I know, I know you've called me to suffer. I know this is a part of my story. I know this is a part of how I glorify you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer a thief, an evildoer, a busybody in other people's matters. <sighs> Come on, y'all. Man, anyone who says the New Testament's not relevant is nuts. A busybody in other people's matters. One of the things the Lord is doing right now is focusing us. Come on, yeah, Josh, you're good. He's just letting me know. Like, Brandon, we need to wrap this thing up. One of the, one of the things the Lord's doing <laughs> is, yeah, yeah, well done, my brother. Hey, focusing, focusing us, focusing us, right? Because, and we're gonna learn about this next week in Acts. I'm gonna be excited all week to talk to you guys about Acts 3 and 4. <laughs> we might have to do church on Wednesday instead. the distractions are vying for our attention like crazy. They're pulling us in every direction. And part of it is you don't have to take that. Mm -hmm. 
I'm going to have to hear that from God and not a man. Because if any, you can stand. That's me. You can stand. Thank you. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Let him glorify God in this matter. Listen, listen. I'm going to follow JP here. Listen, listen, Linda, listen. He does it better, I know. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who don't obey the gospel of God? If the righteous one is scarcely scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. We have to suffer as a Christian family. We have to suffer according to the will of God. Does that mean that God wants? No. That means there's a way to suffer that honors God, and there's a way to suffer that's just suffering. But if we suffer as a Christian, Catch me singing when spring comes. Father, right? Let it be from a place of righteousness. Father, that's really, that's really initiated by you and, and your vision. And, and God, let, let me endure what's hard and what's wrong and what's abuse patiently like, like you did. I want to give us one quick encouragement and then we're going to pray. Lord, do I have to say that? Oh my goodness. Hang on. Let me just figure out if it's me or it's the Lord. listen for the heart of God because I don't know if I can articulate this well watch causes be be careful of causes be alert be sober minded of causes suffering for causes I'm not saying there's no place for it I'm saying approach them with caution Because for every cause out there that you would live for and the mountain you would die on, there are Christians fighting for that cause and there are those who don't know God at all fighting for that cause. So here's what I'm saying, church. Fighting for that cause, it is not the same as speaking for the cross. It does not replace Jesus It is not his equal. It is not what identifies you as a Christ follower. You hear that? That's so important. There's no cause, fighting for a cause out there that identifies you as a Christ follower. And there is no cause that you would stay silent on. 
that would disqualify you from the same. Suffer as a Christian. Suffer for Christ's sake. Father, next week you're going to speak to us about how to maintain our focus, how to be strong as we do this. But this week, it's about the call. It's about creating space in our heart, in our minds, in our theology to suffer for your namesake, to not pick a fight, to pursue peace, to suffer because of righteousness, not the world, and to patiently endure suffering the way you did. Empower us, God, to follow in your footsteps. I pray, soften our hearts on the words spoken today. In the name of Jesus. Thanks for joining us today for our podcast. Eastside Church exists to help people encounter Jesus, be equipped to grow and engage their community. For more information, please go to our website at eastsidechurch.co.